I'm not worth $100 million today because I haven't become the person that deserves or is owed or is worth $100 million. Welcome to Bullish, where we talk about the journey and process to build ourselves and companies into multi-billion dollar people and brands. Currently, my business and investment funds have done tens of millions in revenue. And this is the documentation of the journey to scale to the billion dollar realm. All while we give back and do good in the world. My name is Bridger Pennington, and welcome to Bullish. Welcome to Bullish. This is episode one of Bullish. Now, I think we've done about 300 episodes on our previous kind of show. We've rebranded now. We're to Bullish here as we're restarting a new show. This should be pretty fun. Um, this episode, I want to give you guys the thesis. I actually want to give you my background and a bunch of lessons we've learned along the way of launching multiple eight-figure funds and businesses. So I have my currently, I run a hedge fund called Ugly Unicorn. We have over $10 million in that fund. And I'll talk you through all stuff around funds. Additionally, I run a company called Fund Launch. We do over 10 million a year now. I don't know how much revenue we've done to date, but um, phenomenal business. I have about 50 employees in that business. We actually help entrepreneurs launch and scale investment funds. So last year we launched 130 funds out of our group, which is pretty cool. And this whole show is really designed around a few things. Um, I want to document the journey of becoming a billion, what I call a billion dollar person and brand. And I'll unpack that for a second for you in a minute. But I, I want to document this journey because I believe on the scale and journey of entrepreneurship, you typically, we, you know, we go to events or hear people on you know, a recording or on the news and they, they share the end thing of where they are now is this billion dollar, whatever. And they oftentimes forget what it was actually like when they were running an $8 million a year business or when they were made their first $100,000. Or when they first hired their you know, first employee, they kind of forget. And they have a skewed perception at the end of when it was actually like in the beginning. And so this show, for a couple things, is just for me to document this journey as we grow into a billion dollar person and brands. But the reason I say person is because I believe the only reason I'm not a billionaire today is because I haven't developed myself into the person that can manage a billion dollars. The same thing's true for 100 million. I'm not yet worth 100 million. I'm actually decently on my way right now. I'm worth well over 10 million and I'm on my way to 100 million right now. I'm not worth 100 million dollars today because I haven't become the person that deserves or is owed or is worth a hundred million dollars. Does that make sense? And so I like to document this journey of both business lessons we and I'm learning actively, like day-to-day. -day, you're gonna get, well, I am a day-to-day -day operator, CEO in my business. I do this all the time. So you're gonna hear like day-to-day -day business and stuff we're doing on this journey throughout time. One of my favorite things is to go back and listen to old episodes of me. You know, I started, I think in 2018, 2019, we started our first podcast. I've done over well over 300 episodes now. And now we're dovetailing into this, this show. And it's kind of just as a progression of where I was at. What was I thinking at that time? Almost as a journal. And what lessons have I learned and what's led me to be now worth well over eight figures personally, but what have I not yet learned to make me worth nine figures or 10 figures? So that's kind of the premise of this show to build ourselves into building our people and brands. And I want to document this on the journey and because I love to learn and consume and I just want to dump this onto you and little teeny nuggets as we're going. Does that sound fair? So that's the premise of Bullish. And as we do this, um, we're giving back, we're doing good in the world. One of my favorite books ever is called The Go-Giver. It talks about go, the go-giving mentality. Always be ready to give, always have money to go. And uh, I think you give in a lot of other ways just besides economics. There's a lot of other ways to give. It's great to give money, and I love giving money all sorts of ways, different shapes or forms, but also giving of your time, your knowledge, your talents. I had a huge a mentor just barely. He's a billionaire we just met a few weeks ago, and he said this concept of giving goes actually has very little to do with economics. 
If you want giving to change or move your soul, it actually has very little to do with economics. And economics meaning money. Yeah, write a check or give some money or whatever, but there's actually almost equal or more value because we're all on this journey of life developing and growing together. And if you can give someone experience, knowledge, and or maybe connections, it's actually one of the most valuable things you can give to someone else along this journey of life that we're all on, which is kind of cool. So I want to do all that in this show. Hope that's a good premise. Uh, Today's episode, we're going to talk through kind of my journey and our journey together through this show. I'm going to share how we launched Fun Launch, how we did it with zero or $500 budget and three weeks that we had a test period, how we launched this into now we have 55,000 students around the world. We just threw Fun Launch Live 2 at the recording of this episode. Fun Launch Live 2 just got thrown and we had 2,000 people live show up to our event, which is freaking amazing to learn about funds of all things, okay? Which is so cool. And then we just, last year we launched in, uh, at, on our launch, we had a 10, or a $10 million launch for our hedge fund and raised all that money. And what we're doing to now raise and scale that fund to a hundred million and a billion dollar fund as well. So uh, I want to share a little bit of that journey along the way. And I hope you can glean some lessons if you're listening to the show and you're an entrepreneur. And, and I like to, you know, just tell it to you raw, right where you're at. And please send me messages, comment on, put reviews, whatever. I love to read those and kind of tailor our stuff. And the last thing I'll say before we dive in, On this show, I want to share stuff that you've never heard before. My goal is not, there's a lot of shows that are recycled entrepreneur content and they're kind of all the same. My commitment to you is I really think about this show a lot when I'm sharing and I want to share unique things. I don't want to share just what I read or something like that. I want to share unique stuff that I've learned by experience from me that you're not going to learn anywhere else. It's my commitment to you. All right? So with that, I want to transition now and tell you a little bit of my background story. Now, I'm not telling this just because I like to tell it. I actually am telling it because I think there's a lot of lessons that are learned along this process that I think you can glean how I went out and launched my first investment fund at age 22, which is kind of interesting. Um, and just I want to share a little bit of some nuggets on how we launched Fund Launch as well and made that. We did a million uh, in our first six months, 2.5 million in our first year of sales on that. It just like sparked and took off. And this is after we failed at like 10 previous businesses. Like why did that one take off? Let me take you back though. So I was, uh, I graduated from high school, did pretty well. I was student by president in high school. I went on a two-year Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints mission. So I got called to serve in Taiwan. I, I learned Mandarin Chinese, which was phenomenal. I love Taiwan. I love the Taiwanese people. It was just phenomenal. So I lived in Taiwan for two years. I come home. I'm super ambitious. And I start a bunch of businesses my first two years of college. I started six businesses. I started a Chinese tutoring business. Like the first week I got home, I, I got seven tutors working for me. I actually wholesale two houses. I started a Chinese or an online marketing company. We built websites for people. We did a bunch of different businesses. And I, I made okay money actually. In college, I was making, you know, a good money for a college kid. I was making more than I would make at working at the local diner, but it wasn't crazy yet. And I, and I wanted to find mentors. I've heard from podcasts, like find mentors, find coaches, find people that have done this before. So I talked to my dad. And by the way, my dad was a, an entrepreneur. We had ups and downs of his life. And, and uh, at the time, you know, we lived in a normal house. He drove a car with a dent in the door. Nothing, you know, nothing fancy, but nothing bad either. I don't, I'm not saying I had a bad life at all. Pretty middle class, just normal life. So my dad tells me, go meet with my business partner. This guy can really help you out. So I said, okay, I'll go meet with whoever. This sounds great. So I set this appointment up. I drive up to this guy's house and I pull through a gated community. And I'm like, huh, this is a pretty nice area. And I start, I get in my car and I'm driving. I drive through the gated community. I pull up this area and I pull up this hill to this cul-de-sac. And it's this, this beautiful white home emerges on this cul-de-sac. I was like, whoa, this is pretty intense. Park my car, I check the address, like, dang, is this my dad's business partner? Like, who's my, 
who's my dad doing business with? This is amazing. So I get out, I go knock on the door. I'm a little nervous and I'm worried like a butler or somebody's going to come and, you know, be gone peasant, like get out of here. <laughs> so I'm a little nervous. Anyways, I knock on the door and thankfully my dad's business partner comes to the door and goes, Bridger. And I say, Hey, what's up? He says, come on in. I, he brings me in his house and it's beautiful. He's got the grand piano, wine cellar, basketball court in the basement, huge open living room area. He's got the cars in the garage. He's got everything. So we go in, we sit down on these big white couches and we start to chat and we start talking about business and life. And I finally ask him, I go, Hey, how did you get all of this? And I kind of pointed everything around me. Like, how did you do this? And he said, Bridger, that's a funny question. Not a lot of people ask me that question. And I said, oh, shoot, that was the first question I had when I walked in was that. And he goes, he goes no, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. But he goes, it's just funny. Not a lot of people ask me that question, which I think is an interesting lesson, by the way. There's a lot of wealthy people out there that want to share. They actually really have a giving heart. Most people are, get painted this picture of the wealth people are evil and they're the Scrooge. Most wealth people, at least that I know, actually have a really big heart and want younger people, especially kids in college, to do exactly, like follow the path and they want to share these nuggets. Anyways, if you can just get in the right room, right relationship, a lot of them want to share really deeply about what built them and, and how they did these things. Anyway, so I asked him this question, how'd you do this? And he goes, Bridger, he goes, I was a lot like you in my 20s. He goes, I had built a number of businesses. Actually, I had made a good amount of money in my 20s. I did pretty well. But then he goes, in my late 20s, I met a guy who ran a private equity fund. And he goes, I didn't even know what the words private equity meant. But this guy was a young dude. He was one of the wealthiest people on a next level. He goes, I was, I'd made some good money, but this guy was on a next level of wealth. You know what I'm talking about? When they're like, they're not flashy wealthy. You know, the people that are, they're, you can just tell. They've got so much money. They don't care to wear a nice watch or these nice Gucci, whatever because they've made too much money. They're actually trying to look poor. Have you ever met somebody that wealthy? The wealthiest people I know actually try to look poor, not poor, but they, they play down their wealth a lot. The kind of the new rich or the people that have a little bit of money try to look a lot richer than they are. You know what I'm talking about? They're always wearing the chains and the stuff and all the crazy stuff. People that are actually rich, the billionaires, they just wear a blank t-shirt, some normal shoes. They drive an F-150 truck. Literally every billionaire I know has an F-150, white F-150 truck. I don't know why. Or they have a Tesla Model X or Model S. Uh, like, exclusive. I know, I don't know, I don't know, eight to ten billionaires, something like that I've met and interacted with. All of them. F-150 or a Tesla S or X. Anyways, I digress. It's one of these guys. He goes, I met this guy and I said, huh, it's a different level of wealth. And he said, I didn't care. This is the mentor talking to me. He goes, I don't care how long it takes me. I don't care if it takes me one year, five years, or 20 years. I was going to figure out what this, what private equity meant or what a fund was. And I was going to learn how to do one and I was going to start one and scale one. And he goes, that's exactly what we did. He goes, we went and figured out the secrets of the wealthy. These are what the really wealthy people do. I know you can go on YouTube and learn these little Amazon stores or strategies. The really wealthy people, guess what they do? They get their kids. The, the best thing to do is actually watch what wealthy people tell their kids to do and what they tell their kids to get into. That's a really great path to learn, huh, what industry or what things should I get into? What do really wealthy people get their kids into? Now, I know some kids go off the deep end, but some kids are really sharp. And what I noticed was all these kids were getting into a few different areas. They'd send their kids to the best universities. Sometimes they cheat or pay to get them in, but they got in, right? They're in the universities. And then they graduate. They want them to work in typically investment banking or consulting and or go work at a fund a hedge fund, private equity, real estate fund, debt fund, or 
learn the game of the fund, and then come back home and run the family office. And I started to know this, and he's like, I know the same thing. These wealthy people, that's what they want their kids against you. Why? Because it's the easiest, fastest, most sustainable way to make money. And you can, when you make it, you make a lot of money. And I thought, and he goes, huh. He goes, I figured out this is the game I wanted to be in. And he goes, I didn't care the time length. I can, you, we underestimate what we can do in a year, and we overestimate, or underestimate what we can do in a decade and overestimate what we can do in a year. He goes, I got a decade, two decades ahead of me of work. I'm going to figure out this game and develop myself into somebody that can run a fund. He goes, that's what we did. He goes, at the time, we're managing, he goes, we're managing $8 billion of real estate. And I was like, wow, it's massive. Multifamily, big buildings all over the country they managed. To put that into perspective, that is two times bigger than Cardone Capital is today. And this was years ago. And I was blown away. And by the way, today I believe they're over $44 billion fund. And I was, I was like, wow, this is phenomenal. That's 10 times, that's 10x Cardone Capital. 10x Uncle G. Nothing against Uncle G, but I'm just giving you perspective of how big that is. How much money is generated for pretty much the exact, they buy apartments, they, they both buy apartments, they both buy condos, all that kind of stuff. Same size, just 10 times bigger, which is crazy. So I'm at this guy's house. I say, hey, can you teach me? Can you be my mentor? I'll come by. I'll wake up early in the morning. I'll get you coffee. Whatever you need, dude, I got it. Because I was that kind of hustler. I had that mentality. And he said, Bridger, don't talk to me. He goes, go talk to your dad. He goes, your dad knows way more about this than I do. I said, I said no, uh, my dad's kind of broke. We live in an average normal house. My dad drives a crappy car. I want to learn from you. You live in this big house, big cars, all that kind of stuff. And he goes, Bridger, um, I come to find out. He goes, me and your dad make about the same amount of money. And my chin drops to the floor. I was like, huh? Yeah, me and your dad are pretty much equal business partners in these funds. And I left this dude's house. I drove straight to my dad's house. I was like, dad, like what the heck? Like what's going on? Like why haven't I been able to order a soda at Chipotle for the past 10 years? Because it's too expensive. And yet you're managing, you know, billions of dollars in these funds. Like what's going on? And he kind of laughed and, and he said, yeah, you know, we, we just live different lifestyles. And my dad li truly lived the millionaire next door lifestyle. I mean, he had millions of dollars stacked away and just lived in a normal household. And now I'll give credit to my dad. I was the youngest child. Once I was out of the house and, and grown, he's now gone. He's, he has a big house and nice cars and he's by vacation properties and stuff and does great. But before that, like in high school and middle school and everything, I, I think he did a little bit on purpose. He wanted us to grow up in a, a, just a normal house and, normal, and knew what working was and knew what life was like. And, and my dad, though, by the way, taught us a ton, though. He's an incredible father. We might have him on the show in the future, but taught us about, you know, what's a mortgage? What's a credit score? How do you file taxes? What is, you know, what is leverage? How do you apply that in different scenarios? How's, you know, just simple, basic finance stuff my dad taught me all throughout my childhood. And then I got into college and I met with him. And after this meeting, I said, Dad, you got to teach me about funds. He said, great. And the student was ready and the teacher presented themselves. You ever notice that? Whenever you're ready, whenever I'm ready, when the student is ready, the teacher presents themselves. It's pretty interesting. So that, the next six months, I went to my dad's house every Sunday night. We get the whiteboard out. We would sketch out how funds work, how they're put together, how to structure them, the general partner, limited partnership, feeder funds, international funds, Luxembourg funds, Cayman Island funds, how the whole game works. And by the way, in previous stuff and videos, we have tons of stuff to talk about all this on YouTube. So go look us up on YouTube, Bridger Pennington. My name is our YouTube channel and you can go find everything, okay? But we started teaching about funds. And what's funny about life is when you learn something, you start to recognize that thing in your life. You, anybody buy a new car, you start to see that car anywhere, everywhere, right? You buy a new whatever car, you start to see that thing driving around. It's not because there's magically more cars, it's because we start to recognize that thing in our life. 
The same thing was true with me about funds. So I started to learn about funds, private equity, hedge funds, real estate funds, debt funds, how they work. And I, I was, so I was in college, I'm getting good grades, I'm working there. And then I also was running an internship and I think I had another job at the same time as well. But at that internship job, I had an idea where we could sort of fund inside of the business. The partners of that company had an idea where we could go and finance the clients that were coming through this business. So we, we decided like, hey, we could put a fund together for this. Took it to my dad, my dad loved the idea. So we started formalizing, put together this, this idea for a fund. We got documents done, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna launch a fund. I'm 22 years old at the time. And I'm pretty excited. I'm, I thought I was pretty smart and bright. And I thought, man, that's gonna be awesome. And I hit this wall. I was like, crap. How am I gonna raise money though? I don't have a track record. I don't have a college degree. I don't, I've never done this before. Who would invest in me? And then I thought, aha, it's easy. My dad, ta-da. My dad apparently has tons of money stored away. I'm his son. He's been teaching me this. I'm like protege to you know, mentee, mentor, mentee kind of a relationship. Like he'd love to help me out. And uh, so I went and pitched my dad. It's late Sunday night. I walked into my dad's home office. I sat down. I said, dad, thank you so much for helping with this fund and put it together. And I said, you know, we're ready to raise money. And I said, how would you like to be our first investor into our fund? And my dad kind of smiled and he said, Bridger, I have the money to invest, but if I invest in your fund, I would ruin the experience of you raising money on your own. He goes, you're finding your first investor is your hardest investor. If I do this for you, it will be a crutch that you'll never be able to recover from. And he said, no. And he kicked me out. And he said, you got to go learn how to do this on your own. And I walked out with my tail between my legs a little bit. I was like, huh, kind of sheepish. And I left and I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm gonna prove, prove my dad, prove anybody. I'm like, I can do this. So I went out and I talked to everybody I knew. I talked to former bosses, college professors, friends, neighbors, anybody, anybody from high school, anybody. And I raised a whopping $49,500 from like, it was like seven investors. Every, like average investment check was like 5,000 bucks, which is teeny, by the way. If you know anything about investment funds, that's like the smallest fund syndication to ever launch, okay? But it was enough to get started. We were doing these loans that were like two to $5,000 a loan. We launched this little syndication fund thing and we, we went and started doing that, started doing loans and all this kind of stuff. And um, that first group of investors, we got a 64% return on their money, which was phenomenal. So small amount of money, but good percentage return. Uh, we then closed that fund. We, we uh, dovetailed that into a bigger fund, same strategy. The next three years I ran that fund, we raised and deployed millions of dollars out of that fund. It did very well. I think our returns were uh, 62 cash on cash, 47 and 36% cash on cash return for three years, which is phenomenal. Our investors loved us. It was amazing. And then at the, at the end of the third year, we actually had a competitor come and bid on our company and actually we sold it. I sold, I exited this fund. So we had a nice exit, which was awesome. It was really cool. We can tell that story in a future episode, but how we exited and sold our fund, paid back all my investors was so cool and they loved it. And then um, then recently we had about a year break. And, and during that time period, by the way, a lot of people asked me about funds and how you do funds and how you launch them. And by the way, my dad still to this day has never invested in a fund or deal that I've ever done. He always, he's a great mentor, great coach, always will pick up the phone, but hasn't written a checkbook, which I respect like crazy. There's a lot of kids that you, you know, go find out and their dad's a billionaire or rich or whatever. And dad keeps giving them money and keeps investing and keeps helping them out. And what happens is two things. Sometimes those deals fail and it hurts the relationship between the dad and the son 
or the daughter because money was lost. It also hurts their confidence, though, too. I meet a lot of you know, kids of these big families that have tons of money, and you'd be surprised how depressed, anxious, sad some of these kids are. And not, they're not kids. They are full-grown adults. They're 30, 40 years old, and they're sad, deeply sad. And it's because, I've drilled, drilled into this with a couple of them, it's because they show up to networking events. They show up to parties that they're invited to because they're some big wig da- daughter or son of this big family. And they show up and people bring up their dad or grandpa. Oh, dad or grandpa did this. And you're now the heir to the thing. And they, they feel like they haven't earned it. They feel like other people are more qualified. They feel like everything's been given to them because guess what? It's true. As much as they try to pretend it's not true, it's true. Things have been given to them. And because of that, they don't feel like they earn the honor or respect that they are given at these parties or networking events or whatever because they're the son of so-and-so or the daughter of so-and-so. And what happens is it creates a deep level of depression inside of them. And a deep level, you see this with kids all the time where they go do crazy things, they run off, they do drugs, alcohol, whatever it is because they feel like they haven't deserved it. They didn't earn it. It's one of the worst things that happens inside of you is, is that. And actually, I, I also you know, think it's, it actually drives and, you know, they sometimes will go out and I'm going to do a charity thing or I'm going to help out like, to try to do something, to create something their own. But what's funny is the story of life is about us progressing. It's about us becoming better. And when we don't have progression or growth, even with a different, with the same result, you know, in politics, a lot of people talk about, you know, equity and equality and reformations and giving money here and there. And if someone's rich, they should give it money back and distribute wealth and socialism, that whole concept. What's funny is when people are given wealth, they typically lose it first off. If you look at uh, people that won the lotteries, $10 million per less lotteries, in five years, majority of them bankrupt. Bankrupt and 70% say, I wish I never would have won the money. That's how much it's ruined their life. Isn't that interesting? 70, 70, 70% say, and this is, this is large lottery winners, $10 million or more, which would be like dream country. You win the lottery. That'd be amazing, right? Everyone's buying lottery tickets. 70%, seven out of 10, seven out of 10 said, I wish that it was, it was actually worse. I'm worse off now than I was before. I wish I would, never would have won the money. Isn't that interesting? Because of how it helped weaken relationships around them. I heard all the stuff. They ended up losing the money, whatever. Interesting. Same thing's true for these billionaire sons that are given money and capital. They don't feel like they've ever built anything. And actually, one of the, back to the story is my dad, one of the greatest lessons he ever gave me was not giving me that money. And still this day hasn't given me money. It's massive. Now, what my dad does give me though, anytime I pick up the phone, he answers. Dad, I'm struggling with his employee. What's your, oh, dude, I had an employee just like that 10 years ago. And he gives me this great, great mentor, great coach. But a great coach doesn't do it for you. The great coach coaches you to do it yourself. And what's cool is I've developed a huge amount of confidence because I've gone out and launched, I launched these two funds. And then recently we, we launched a $10 million hedge fund we raised on our initial launch. It's like, wow, I did that. And I didn't use my dad. Like I didn't use my family. I just did it off of me. We launched Fund Launch. And I mentioned that during this time period, a lot of people started to ask me, my dad, my brother. My brother's an investment funds attorney, by the way. How do you guys do funds? How do you build these things? We, we and they were, they're not involved, by the way, just so you know, my dad's never invested. He's not a partner in my companies. He doesn't have equity, nothing. We're just totally separated. But I brought my dad on for some episodes, kind of like this. And he started to teach and give knowledge. And we made his videos. And we started to bring in other coaches and mentors from around the country that ran these big funds. And we pulled them together. 
we made this cool course and we made, we went from zero to six million, or zero to a million dollars in six months, which is phenomenal. And I think in the next couple episodes, we'll talk about that story. And then we went to 2.5 million in the first year. And for me, the confidence it gave me, I was like, wow, I started a company out of nothing. I grew it and I have a one business partner, Mason Brands, we're 50-50 on this company. And we grew this thing. We did like a million, two million dollars in our first year. And what happens is it gives you confidence. Like I can do that again. Well, we can do it again. And even if problems come up and things happen, like, you know what? We did that. We can do anything. And I'll tell that story in a minute of how we launched and did this stuff. But what happens is it gives you confidence. That confidence compounds on itself. I love what uh, Alex Hormozzi says, right? Confidence isn't shouting affirmations in the mirror. It's stacking up undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. You can develop confidence. It starts typically with small things. I make my bed in the morning. I wake up on time. I show up to meetings on time. I'm the type of person that's disciplined. I, I work out. Doesn't, doesn't matter the time period or whatever, but I do things that I say I'm going to do. If I tell a friend I'm going to be there at this time, I'm there. What happens is you start building confidence in who you are as a human. You're someone that's dependable. You're someone that has a good handshake, good smile. You're someone that can train an employee if you get the opportunity to, to be in a management position. You know, I'm good at training employees. I help that employee grow. What happens is you stack these things up and actually write them down and, and then, then the affirmations make sense. Then when you affirm in the mirror, you shout at yourself, I'm someone who shows up on time because last week I had a bunch of meetings and guess what? I showed up on time to nine out of 10 of them. I was on time. I was right there. I was on, on spot. Guess what? I'm someone who shows up on time. I work out five days a week and last week, guess what? I worked out five days. Ta-da! Confidence compounds and builds on itself through small wins and then you have an incredibly confident person and guess what? When you're confident, what stops you? Nothing. And especially when you're confident and you have energy, you can figure out any problem in this world. And what my dad gave was a beautiful gift of doing that. We were to launch Fun Launch uh, to where it's at today. Now we have 60,000 students. We threw, you know, we threw Fun Launch Live 1. We had 1,200 people sold out. We just threw Fun Launch Live 2. 2,000 people sold out the event, which is phenomenal. We're now planning Fun Launch Live 3. We launched 130 funds. We have 12 funds now, over $100 million in our group, which is just crazy. So this, ep- this whole podcast, this show is designed around my journey. I'm telling you exactly where, I'll tell you numbers. I'll tell you exactly where I'm at, how much money we're making, all this kind of stuff. And it's our journey from where we're at now. I, you know, we're doing you know, eight figures a year in fund launch and I currently run a $10 million hedge fund. I'll, I'll tell you where the numbers are and everything and how we're growing that into billion dollar brands, but more importantly, how I'm growing myself into what I call a billion dollar person. Someone that's able to manage brands, and people and things at a billion dollar realm. And I love this process of documenting the journey and it's gonna be fun in 10 years when I look back and watch this episode, I'm like, huh, that's how I thought back then. And this is what we were learning and this is what we changed. And this is the journey and what helped. And I can go back and say, man, and maybe one day when I'm a billionaire, I can look back and give a speech and say, you know what? Let me actually show you what it was like when I was 27 or 29 years old or whatever years old. And what I was actually thinking then and what grew into what I'm at today. Because wouldn't that be cool if Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos had done that or Bill Gates. I don't know, whoever the billionaire that is, you know, Richard Branson, if they'd done that, when you could see videos of them at 24 years old, 25 on this process. And so we're in this journey and we've done, I've done, you know, decent so far. I'm a multimillionaire, you know, deca millionaire now. And, but I'm not the person that's ready to be a hundred millionaire or a billionaire yet, but I'm on the journey. And I'm telling you the things that I'm going after. One of the biggest ones is transitioning from an entrepreneur to a CEO. Someone who can manage just launching products to managing people and systems. That's the journey I'm on. I have a few episodes coming out in a minute. They're going to be on that journey of this process. So you guys are amazing. We don't run ads in this show. 
I'm not, I promise you that I hate ads on podcasts. So the only thing I ask you guys, if this has benefited you all, if this helps you, if you can rate and view this podcast and, and send it to somebody else that this might help them, it's the only way this thing grows is by word of mouth. So my goal is hopefully we put out good enough content that you guys are like, man, I want to share that with somebody else. That was unique. That was something different I hadn't heard from somebody else. I want to share nuggets that you don't hear anywhere else. It's not recycled entrepreneur content. I want to share things that are brand new to this. You can only find it here. Y'all are amazing. This is going to be an amazing show. I'm excited to keep this thing going and we'll, uh, we'll see you guys later.